So originally, this episode was going to be about friendship, but I decided to do something different because really what I want to talk about is authenticity. So the term is thrown around and it's super popular. People like to be authentic. They hear the phrase, be your authentic self. I have one friend who coined the term, the authentic persona, shout out to you, sir. And I think he's on point because anyone that wants to seem authentic or that is trying to be authentic automatically is not. It's this paradoxical thing like you can't achieve enlightenment if you want that, but I think you can be authentic. I just don't know how the hell to get there. So I went there with this friend of mine. And this is the thing. He's so authentic in this interview. He made me disguise his voice and bleep out his name and put in an obnoxious phrase. You'll hear it. It's it's mildly entertaining. And he's actually authentic. He actually says what he feels all the time. And that's why I love him. And I really, I challenge you, all you authentic people, to really go out there and be authentic. Like, like really say what you mean to people and really say what you really feel all the time and see what happens to your life. Like see what happens to your career, see what happens to your brain. This episode is a challenge to that because this individual is gonna say it and say it from his fucking soul. So here we go. Ben, I can't help but notice you have a, a mismatched sort of headset. One side looks good. The other side, it's, I mean, it's like a normal- What's wrong with my headset? I, well, I mean, I, I hate to say that it's wrong if it's what you're going for. I'm not it, going for anything. It's just a headset. Yeah, it has like, a, it, well, because it has a missing little styrofoam well, thing Well, the, the first part that's wrong is like, it might be made of leather, which I think that's bad. It's not made of leather. It's just a, well, I guess it is the, leather. It's the, fake leather. One side is missing though. So it's a piece of plastic. It, it still works. So for those who are, I don't know, tuning, do you tune in? I don't know. They, they tune in. It's like somebody wearing a pair of headphones where one side of the cushion is missing. He's a professional podcaster. You know what? And this is you know what? what? You're with. you're sitting on my couch with one side of your brain missing. So we're it's a wash. All right? He's right. It's okay. He's right. It really is fine. Yeah. So the subject of today's podcast is friendship. And um, this guy has become really one of my favorite people on the planet. I have a few. I have a short list. And this guy is on it. There's a lot to not like about this guy. <laughs> yet he is one of my favorite people. And so what I wanted to talk about today was compatibility of people and why some people fit and why some people don't. Just talk about the subject of friendship while also kind of spinning off into weird directions so that you guys can see how we interact. Because this guy is just simply entertaining, aren't you? I, I, I like to think that. Well, I like to think it too. That's why I hang out with you as often as I do, which is probably not healthy for me. But <laughs> so to give you an idea of uh, how disagreeable this guy is, could you tell us what are some of the undesirable qualities which you harbor? I mean, the biggest one is that I go way over the top when I drink too much. Yeah. And that's and pretty much like my biggest flaw. It really is. What sort of behaviors do you exhibit when you go over the top? It's hard to say, actually. Because um, you don't remember them? I certainly don't like that. That's, I mean, that's, that's really when, well, not always, we all work on trying to remember. And I feel like I, I do remember better there, here and there. I would say yeah, primarily it's you don't know what you don't know kind of thing for me very much. So you kind of acknowledge the fact that you have a problem with alcohol. Yeah. 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 I, you I, get I, blackout I like, drunk on a pretty regular basis. Is that correct? That's, that's like probably more than most people. Yeah. Probably a little bit more than most people. How many times a year do you think you get blackout drunk? Or brownout drunk, where you don't really have a hazy memory of the events. I would say a hundred. A hundred. No, no, like fifty. Fifty. That's all. See, that's, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows exactly? Is you're brownout drunk and well, don't it's, remember. it's a quick. 
No, that's not true. I mean, it's it is it is a you could you could take a sur- you, you, you could, could take a personal survey. Right. Anyway, and so that's an example of this guy. Well, you know, I'll come over to his place and he'll get drunk. He'll cuss at his neighbor or scream at somebody on the street or do something really really obnoxious. This guy, he used to be my neighbor, and he would do this really obnoxious thing where he would play his music like really loud, like I did club level loud music this is the story as old as time it is so the thing is in my apartment there's a stairway behind my apartment the stairway goes down and then there's a bunch of gardens that are all kind of connected there's a bunch of apartments that surround those gardens gardens is a loose term (laughs) fair enough it's a pleasant environment they're outdoors okay and there's a lot of there's probably more concrete than there should be and (laughs) and you would go out at like two in the morning the, it was like a bottom of a canyon and there's like there's all these apartments around and you would play you had these, it was literally the worst place to do what you had this, I, what really, I did. these really impressive speakers yeah. and you would yeah. play music at levels that i i had not witnessed in my 40 years of life and it was just boom 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 and i was like how is it that nobody's calling the police on so this? i so i had a theory the whole time it, it was like a very loose theory slash sort of impetus that we're living, I'm living in essentially kind of like the ghetto. Um, the ghetto of San Francisco. The hood. The hood. This is where, the hood. You call and this I'm the hood? actually, if there are any uh, sort of, I mean, now we have the word Karens that people throw around. Yeah. We but do. like that wasn't there yet. If I'm pissing off anybody who is like, when I have to go to my tech job, I'm doing everyone a service by keeping it hood, basically. <laughs> I swear. I swear. I mean, I, I, I think I, I expounded on that theory like a bunch with a bunch of people. And yeah. I, I really, I really felt it. I'm impeding progress on purpose. Okay. And so one night, one of the neighbors was understandably upset and started asking, telling you to turn it down. Now, this guy doesn't like being told what to do, especially when he's intoxicated. I, I have issues with that. Yeah, you do. I think once I asked you point blank, I said, why do you play your music as loud as you do? And he said, you, you said, well, I demand satisfaction out of life. And I yeah, well, that, that was, that was just like a shorthand, but yeah. But you believe that you actually. What I, what I said before, you know, is it holds at least as far as I, my th- thinking at the time about yeah. the neighborhood, et cetera. When you become drunk, you become a horrible narcissist and you, you that's, actually yeah. believe. That's the, that's the biggest, I think that's the biggest problem. Yeah, you actually believe that you have a right to abuse people with your loud music. It's incredible. It's just like, I cannot believe this person is alive. I mean, I'm surprised no one actually assaulted you for that. And so this woman, poor thing, is yelling at you to her credit, telling you to please turn it down. And you oh, got, which- was one of your neighbors you, you don't remember because you were you were drunk and i was watching this whole interaction and the upstairs people exactly you don't remember it doesn't it does matter. matter it was the people to the to the to the to the right the, the tall fence one. where your tree used to be oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and she threatened to call the police and you hate it when people threaten to call the police because the police of course will ruin your whole show and you have a thing with authority so the police are terrible and you actually got your hose out and started spraying water over her fence <laughs> Yeah. In retaliation, <laughs> the, the, uh, the, the, she had the sheer audacity to she say, She was probably hey, like, what the fuck? Could you not play your music at one in the morning really loudly yeah. because maybe I have a baby that's trying to sleep? I mean, who knows, oh, right? So so human. I yeah. mean, you're a prick. And and I and I'm telling the world that now. I but the thing is, the reason I'm saying all these things is because why do I love this man so much? I mean, you're such an asshole. You are mean to so many people, but you're also very loving and wonderful and bright and beautiful. And there's something about you that doesn't bug me at all. And I don't understand it. Like when I first heard your loud music playing, I'm like, oh my god, I have to live with someone who's going to be like this. I thought, okay, I have two. There's two strategies here. I either have to draw a hard line, become this guy's enemy, or become friends with him and actually say, hey, Brian, could you turn the music down? And so 
one day I hadn't met you at this point. This was years ago. And I'm walking down with my, with my laundry and you look up and you're sitting in your backyard drinking some wine because that's what you do or did. For sure. For sure. And you said, hey, hop over. It wasn't hello. It wasn't like, hi, my name is Andy. It was like, hey, hop over. And so I did that and we got to know each other. I remember having these conversations with you. And I remember once, I remember once I asked you to turn your music down and you looked at me and you said, pay me. <laughs> <laughs> you said when in doubt always go capitalist yeah and like look i no i mean no <laughs> i'm not gonna pay you to turn you're not gonna anyway I, I like i remember once you were playing music really loudly and you had some people over and they were drunk and stoned and some of them were hooking up which this was a, were well, they were they were they did they seem like they were having a good time i don't remember all i know is that it was late and i wanted you to shut the fuck up and so i i hopped they, the they fence. were having a good time i hopped the fence and walked into your house, basically broken into your house, and turned the bass knob all the way down. And you were there, and you looked at me from the bed, and you said, bro, bro, bold move. I like that. I like <laughs> you. Bold move. You heard, you saw a fucked up situation, you hopped that fence, and you did something about it. Bold move. I respect that. And ever since then, we've been really good friends. I think that <laughs> moment really solidified our weird-ass friendship. Ben, I'm glad that you own that, and that's very true. And that actually, uh, just, just right there on that property, like during that period, I did have one other person do that. He came in with his robe. I had neglected to lock the front door mm -hmm. and a man walked in from an adjacent property mm -hmm. in his robe while I was like sleeping, left the music playing, did the same thing and like kicked me gently while I was sleeping. And he goes, I turned your music down. I have so much respect for him as well. Who is this man? I don't know. I never knew. I was like, oh, cool. Thank you. Fascinating. Um, so just for those of you listening at home, there is a dog here, and I'm not going to edit that out because dogs are cute and everyone likes dogs. And what kind of dog is this? It's a very cute dog. It's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. And what is his name? His name's Oliver, uh, technically Sir Oliver. <laughs> he can bark all he wants. Ollie, what are you doing? Hey. Oh, he's hearing other dogs bark. And so oh, he's yeah. joining in. There's a cacophony outside. A cacophony. Learn oh, to the, speak. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Okay. All right, right Ollie, that's enough. Wow, he's really into it. <laughs> this is what, are they, what are you supposed dogs think they're going to accomplish? They don't. They're just like the funniest, like, like they're what's the gonna funny little animals. Are they going to get a balloon for this? Like what? what <laughs> a balloon? Like what that happens? Oh, Maybe. you barked. You heard another dog bark. Here you go. No, Here's your balloon. Like when, they, when, they, when it's like other animals, it's very yeah. animalistic. Anyway, we were talking about your terrible behavior. Why? Why do you think that you and I get along? I mean, I I think that part of the reason that you and I get along is because like I don't, I don't know what it is. There's nothing about you that irks me. I, I, the thing about it is that you're really authentic about your bad behavior. You don't hide it. You don't say, "Well, I didn't do that thing with the music." You're like, "Yeah, I did that thing with the music, and I stand by it because I'm I'm trying to help the neighborhood." It's like, what? That's ridiculous. But you double down on everything that's shitty about yourself. And I really appreciate that about you. So you never surprise me. You never, I never go like, what is he going to, you know, say like, what, what's going to come out of his mouth? that's hurtful. Like you don't, you don't needle me. You don't, you don't have any agenda. You don't have any ego agenda. You just want what you want. You want to play your music. You want to smoke your cigarettes. You want to drink your booze. You just want your things and you don't want to bother anybody in a way. What do you think? Why, why do you think we click? We both uh, deconstruct society. <laughs> okay. Say more. And most people don't. What do you mean by that? When you naturally deconstruct society and feel like you don't like the norms that and expectations around you, you look for somebody to talk about that with. And that's what I find in you. Well, what's something about society that really fucking bothers you? <clears throat> okay. What I found is that 
Ben loves things that are correct in the world, but then when you get too specific, it really binds him. He, he feels like all bound up and he's like, yeah, whatever, 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 whatever. <laughs> and I have found that to be a problem with everyone that I know. It doesn't bother you when I do it. Well, yeah, it's annoying. It's, it's annoying with everybody. But you suffer it from-, from I do, I yeah. do. Do I get jacked up about specific things? Like, like what? Like, what are you talking about even? It's certain things where I am trying to be specific. I'm very particular. I get, I get very particular. I get very excited manic i don't know if i'm really manic you're kind of manic, manic right well, get kind of manic I mean, about you're out of your mind i don't know if you're manic well you don't go in phases i mean you're consistently insane like yeah that's a cool drawing <laughs> i mean here's you and here's a drawing of the table and here's a smiley face and here's some swirly things uh do you want to make anything of that ah this is um this could be so ben has made pretty much something that's primed to be an nft <laughs> um so you know I, I i haven't i don't um yeah i can't help you anyway look let's talk about alcohol what do you think about the fact that i don't like to drink that much uh, so yeah to keep it simple i don't like physically i don't understand it there's always a cultural thing that people say oh you grew up with like uh people who drink more than others and, and that is absolutely true it's regional it's family it's whatever it's like all those things sort of multiply and divide. It confuses you that I don't drink too much, that I, don't, that I don't like to day drink. Like today, for instance, we were at a bar and we had a cocktail or two. And as we're about to leave, you're like, I want to get a beer to go. And it's like, why the fuck would you, what? Well, you walking know? down the street with a beer is especially like a, like a cold beer in yeah. a pub, which is actually something, at least in California, which didn't really exist before, COVID. not allowed, pretty glorious. So I like to embrace that. We're only going to have that for a limited period of time. Mm -hmm. So has COVID been good for alcoholism? <laughs> you already know that it has. I, I think so. I want to jump back. So I'm sitting here with Ben who does deal with like all forms of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And I want to split off and tackle the form of alcoholism, which is enthusiastic overdrinking. How do you delineate between alcoholism and enthusiastic overdrinking? Isn't that just a word game? No, it isn't. And I'm, I'm actually surprised that in the industry of therapy for substance use, that that hasn't, you know, not been made a distinction in patterns of behavior. I mean, I just think you're being naive, but keep going. Well, open, open ears. So where there is people who are like me, who basically lose their shit yeah, and lose their shit. Yeah. And they do that when they are like, you know, in a zone where they're basically just fucking up their emotional lives mm -hmm. with other people on a social level. Okay. Versus people who spend all day drinking casually or a lot. They just don't even check it. They're just like, yeah, I just have to. I just have to. Yeah. So you're saying that's the enthusiastic over drinking group? I'm an enthusiastic over drinking. Is group. that what you just described? Yeah. As opposed to people who drink all the time. Yeah. You do drink all the time. I don't drink all the time. No? No. How? What is your pattern of drinking? It's like, give me an evening. Uh -huh. Let's fucking nail it. Let's go. So here's the thing. 
there are different forms of alcoholism, you know. That's one right. Super distinct. That, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. So one super distinct one is saying, for instance, binge drinking, where somebody won't really drink much for weeks or sometimes months, and then they'll suddenly go crazy for a weekend or a week. That's basically me, except like I don't, no one stops me. <laughs> well, you do it. <laughs> well, kind of. Yeah, I try. Well, hold on, let me yeah. finish. Um, and then there's the drinker that sort of drink that drinks all day, every day, all the time. And that's mm-hmm. really severe. And then there's the person more like you, who's not really a binge drinker per se, but somebody who drinks three to four times a week. Usually, in one or two of those instances of drinking, it'll ramp up and ramp up and ramp up, and you'll get really pretty fucking drunk. And I guess you could call that enthusiastic over drinking. But a vast majority of the people that I work with are in that pattern or in that group. And what happens is is that that is sort of the beginnings of alcoholism. It's the beginnings of a more severe deal. What starts to happen is those folks, they have that pattern that you're talking about. As they get older, it gets more and more severe. And then they start drinking all day long or they something traumatic happens in their lives and they start just drinking constantly and it gets worse and worse and worse. So what I think you might also be describing is that enthusiastic over drinking may be alcoholism in its infancy. Or at least it, it's, it may be an ad, it's adolescence. It's a, I would say it's already already a form of alcoholism. It, it where, is, but I'm um, saying is that it's alcoholism is a progressive. Well, some say it's a disease, a progressive. It's that's progressive. A, the new suggestion is actually to retract the disease. Well, but, I mean, I, I, that's a whole conversation, but, and yeah, I'm not going to yeah, get into it. But the yeah, point yeah. is, is that it is definitely whatever it is. It's definitely progressive, and it gets bigger yeah, and bigger yeah, and bigger. The behavior is progressive. It does. Yeah. And so, what I'm telling you that in my experience, guys like you or women like you, basically their alcoholism it's in its adolescence, where you're at, and then as the years progress, it gets instead of two or three times a week, it's five or six times a week getting fucked up at night, yeah. and then it's getting fucked up in the day, and then it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, and it gets catastrophically bad at some point and i've heard this story a million times yeah yeah. so yeah you do enthusiastically over drink and that's how all alcoholism starts all alcoholism is enthusiastic over drinking that's kind of like saying ben i would like to define alcoholism as alcoholism i was like okay i can accept that definition so so i i would say i'd say the 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 reason why i love getting fucked up is Mm -hmm. because like the world is fucked and there's like nothing is novel breeding Mm -hmm. having children it's bad for the world Really? Is it? Yep. Yeah, it seems to be. For sure, it fucking is. Yeah. There is nothing. Like, like fuck, fuck it. Really, it's about fuck it. Everything is it, else is fake. Everything else is fake. So that's a very nihilistic perspective. Yeah. Do you think it's a healthy perspective? Do I think it's healthy? No. Let me ask you this. Nothing's healthy. Do you Nothing's think like, What's healthy is I would kill, I would be a fucking animalistic. Yeah. And I would be a, let's put it in social terms. Uh-huh. I'd be a fucking nihilistic businessman mm-hmm. and I would fucking have already be a stock trader mm-hmm. and I'd be fucking nailing it and mm-hmm. I'd be like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Right. That why would aren't be, you doing that? That would be, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Credit me for my fucking humanity, won't you? So there's a little bit of humanity in you. Yeah, saying. but I'm but I'm saying like, like how and why does anyone really give a fuck about the, the patterns of human behavior? That's an excellent question. And part of the reason we're friends is because we can have conversations like this. And when Andy gets amped up as he is right now, I don't get offended by it. I think it's kind of interesting. So, Mr. Sir, what do you like about Ben? Why is Ben your friend? Ben's a good man. He draws good pictures. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I heard. That's what, that's what I heard. You heard that? Who told you that? I heard Ben draws good pictures. Yeah? Where was that on? Did you, did you read that and I read it? thread somewhere there was this reddit thread that's called good pictures <laughs> i think ben posted on there and i was like that's right that's true <laughs> it's the one time he hasn't lied to me 
Well, let me ask you this. If you thought there was more meaning in the world, do you think you'd drink less? Yeah, definitely. Really? Tell me about that. If we, were, if we had a common cause. Like what? I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> if I was like a fucking genius, I would have a common cause to suggest. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, uh -huh. I, no. There's there's plenty of cheap things that are actually like political footballs that I could throw out there. Okay. Nobody wants to hear that. Okay. You might want want to hear that. Like, yeah, I'm a nihilist, basically. Right, which is why you demand satisfaction in the moment. That's why I'm playing your music satisfaction in the moment. That's why I, uh, all these things. Yeah. So, what do you think is wrong with the world? Really, nothing's wrong or right with the world. It's just plunging ahead so i'm not religious uh -huh. and i don't think there's any right and wrong okay like i there is for me that is emotional with i guess a loosely judeo-christian sense of when you see people suffering you you feel pangs of hurt that form of empathy but other than that what is there right like mm -hmm. where do you think this nihilistic perspective came from in you i think it's 100 percent natural but i don't have it am i unnatural you were more susceptible to the societal things that gave you a Judeo-Christian slash why? religious belief in humanity so and the positivity of humanity. Why? Why was I? I just didn't. I just didn't receive that as strongly as you did. How do you know I received that? Animals do not receive the positivity and the whatever you know half the things that but they how, talk about. But how do you look? Look, you can't just attribute Judeo-Christian, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not just Judeo-Christian. Why do I see more meaning in life than you? Because of your cultural I don't have absorption. a cultural, cultural absorption. Why was my cultural absorption different than yours? I'm not sure. Okay. What was your cultural absorption like? Were you raised in like a barn? Like what happened? No, I think it's the way that my brain works. Why does your brain work like that? Well, I'm not you sure. Said you said it was cultural. You could, you could consult um, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that I don't, well, no, for sure. As an only child, I quickly sort of pushed my family strongly mm -hmm. at a young age to like lay off of me okay and i'm proud of that why are you proud of that well in the scheme of what people should be proud of in the world you could be proud of self-determination right mm -hmm. so that's why okay and how did that manifest what did that look like when you were a kid what would you do with your parents or what would you would you, I, would you? I i did i defined a lot of my own values how did you do that by what, saying so what did that look like it looked like me speaking <laughs> mostly just well, speaking so give me which, which i'll give a little more color yeah speaking using the power given to me by my mom who taught me to speak very well yeah i met your mom she's very articulate yeah and a little out of her mind god bless her yeah, um, she's she's on the new train she's <laughs> on one of the new trains she's on the new train for sure. there's a lot of trains running yeah it's almost every hour. They're leaving the station every hour. Where are you <laughs> headed? I don't fucking know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, to be clear, it's not about belief or non-belief in organized religion or anything to like what we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. But I told my family in 2012 or 13 or whatever, somewhere mm -hmm. around there, we are fucked as a society now the automation threat is real why do you think the threat of automation is real what are you seeing that makes you think that yeah the biggest one is like the entire amazon warehouse the number of people required to run it is extremely low tell me about that there's this amazon warehouse and if you were living in 2010 what it could have been for the positivist would be 
this glorious exchanging of packages. Like, you know, Santa's not involved, but it's still, it's like pack, package exchange. Even at Christmas, I mean, Santa's not involved. The idea of the warehouse, right? Like the, the most dire future that you could imagine. Now it looks like, it looks like very automated. Robots moving stuff around very well. Mm-hmm. They do a great job <laughs> and they just need way less people. Yeah. And that scares you. No. So none of this has ever scared me. Okay. And that's the problem. I really firmly believe that it scares people that I just think and say certain things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. That's just what's the, that's just what the deal is. And that like bothers people. It has my whole life. You'll sort of state the matter, the, the truth about a thing, and that bothers people. You know what I really like? The, the shorthand of autism. And I know you probably deal with this, and you're like, dude, easy with that in the psych game. Mm-hmm. But like, I want to create a new category where this is like casual autism. Like, go fuck yourself. Here's the deal. I otherwise do not care on like X, Y, or Z. But you could also, you could like opt in, opt out with various topics that you believe in. You'd be like, oh, check a box. I'm autistic about this. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. I think it's interesting that autism gets used to discuss a lot of things in our culture. I heard one theory that the reason that autism is on the rise is because tech nerds are a higher value human and so they're breeding more. But I, I find that to be ridiculous just completely ridiculous i don't that, that kind of checks out i figured you'd say that sorry what why would you counter that um there's something about it that just seems just terribly wrong you just want it to be true there's just so many factors that i mean like what 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 is the rate at which people who do tech have social babies? darwinism has really is real. has it really but i know but has that really changed over the years it's like there's so many numbers that you'd have to check to Holy shit, dude! That. social darwinism is like evolution refined it's like evolution concentrated if you have that fear and you see this sample set in your practice and social life general life you're probably right okay so you're saying that you drink because you don't give a fuck what does drinking do for you does it does it make you feel um you feel dumber you feel dumber does that you do you enjoy feeling dumber yeah why dumber and smarter what because when you feel dumb you feel smarter oh i see when you're dumber when you're dumber when you're like yeah you know what they call that you're not challenged by the there's a word for that it's been uh, going on (laughs) no it's like when people are so stupid they don't know they're stupid they think they're smart hit me oh the dunning kruger effect uh the dunning and kruger effect this is according to the internet in psychology a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge or competence i.e dummies in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate their own knowledge or competence in that domain relative to objective criteria or to the performance of their peers or of people in general oh that's been invoked a lot recently in regard to do your own research yeah the vaccine movement well yeah and a lot of yeah because so many people are they're issuing you know uh, doctors and scientists and well you know what the most fashionable thing to dress in is most fashionable thing to dress in yeah these days no especially around washington dior do your own research wow that's the worst joke i've ever heard i just made that up um we can we can re-record that we can so uh so ben i mean when i talk about nihilism or you put the term on it where where do you see it right well i there's a quote by carl jung that i guess i could pull up i'm good body slam you with this quote you nihilistic shit is that what 
everyone does when like it, sorry is humanity essentially like precious um i hope so you do i do sorry listen i'm gonna read this quote I'm gonna read sure this quote, okay? okay so i'm gonna read this quote by okay. carl young okay and he didn't know and if he didn't know okay how the fuck am i gonna know okay so for those of you listening at home this is carl young and he's gonna use the word man and he means humanity and humankind so please don't be triggered by that thank you <clears throat> by virtue of his reflective faculties man is raised out of the animal world and by his mind he demonstrates that nature has put a high premium precisely upon the development of consciousness through consciousness he takes possession of nature by recognizing the existence of the world and thus as it were confirming the creator in other words humanity yep sees the world and sees things and says well something needs to have made this happen yeah therefore there's a creator which is sort of i think a nod to nihilism right the world becomes it's a, it's a check it's like, a, it's like it is. they check people in hockey yeah yeah he checked us the world becomes the phenomenal world for without conscious reflection it would not be if the creator were conscious of himself he would not need conscious creatures nor is it probable that the extremely indirect methods of creation which squander millions of years upon the development of countless species and creatures are the outcome of purposeful intention check two right natural history tells us of a haphazard and casual transformation of species over hundreds of millions of years of devouring and being devoured check three the biological well, that's not really a check that's that's right, half a, a check that's a that's a that's a acknowledgement it's an acknowledgement. okay fine the biological and political history of man is an elaborate repetition of the same thing but the history of the mind offers a different picture here we go okay mm -hmm. this is when he's like contradicting him going back on the thing now he's not sure here the miracle of reflecting consciousness intervenes the second cosmogony I confessed, I don't know what cosmogony means. Here, here it comes. The importance of consciousness is so great that one cannot help suspecting the element of meaning to be established somewhere within all of the monstrous, apparently senseless biological turmoil, and that the road to its manifestation was ultimately found on the level of warm-blooded vertebrates possessed of a differentiated brain, found as if by chance, unintended and unforeseen, and yet somehow sensed felt and groped for out of some dark urge yeah i struggle even sitting through that because like it's still just beautiful humanist poetry um yeah so so fuck that <laughs> you can't just discount something by saying it's poetic it's humanist what's, poetry. well what's wrong with humanist poetry it's, how does it it separates it creates an extra additional layer mm -hmm. of supremacy around homo sapiens what's wrong with that i don't believe in that well the thing is it's outside of your frame because your frame says we're all just animals yeah and so what you're saying is that this this for you're rejecting his his frame and what he's saying is that your frame is supremacy hold on what he's saying is that your frame is insufficient he's saying that when it comes to looking at the evolution of the mind at the evolution of consciousness that he's right yeah about that, that. but that in, well then there it is well who and, fucking cares uh no he, no he, he's right he's right i mean he, well if he he's can't. right then what are you arguing with me for Sorry, he, sorry, the passage that you read, flowery, mm -hmm. non-deterministic. Well, yeah, it's not a deterministic okay. question. 
Well, but the matter at hand is sort of like, what's the point? No, no, no. Look, and what you're doing is, is you're saying that my frame is the only frame because in your frame, yes, you are. Because in your frame, the only thing that matters is what is deterministic, what is measurable and what can come to a precise point. And what I'm telling you is that his discussion of consciousness and meaning is outside of the frame of precision. It's outside of the frame of determinism. It is in a totally new zone and that's what's being introduced. And that's why you don't like it. I don't like it in this milieu here because what I'm trying to get at is the A to Z. The A being, what do I do? The Z being, here's what I do Mm -hmm. as a thoughtful creature. And that spiel suggests more than a handful of supremacy among humans Mm -hmm. that validates somewhere along the line getting to a z which says you must do this this and this in an intellectual mind-based moral fashion which is inextricable from the milieu in which he existed and the writing existed and the english language exists and all of well not everything there are a lot but but basically in i don't want to limit it to like a judeo-christian tradition but like all of human tradition exists in that guidance that comes along with that young quote that you read and that is outside of what i believe like fundamentally that's fine and and i'm saying that your frames are incomplete you need to include that frame that he introduced like i should respect it i don't know I do. But I don't like. I, like he look. He himself is. He's not, adding a layer. Yeah, he is, and he's not. That's even, very human. And he's not even. No, not necessarily. Because he's talking about invertebrates possessed of a differentiated brain. Fine. Are, so monkeys too. Fuck. Fuck monkeys. Or he was what? talking about invertebrates in the fucking ocean. I mean, he's not. He's talking about that there was some urge. There was some consciousness. There was some agency. There was some push by nature itself to if to move have, to move forward. If you have given if, your upbringing, you know, given the milieu in which you exist, Mm -hmm. including your upbringing. If you have feelings about, essentially everything is self-preservation, right? Like it's like everything traces back. It's a short couple of fucking layers. Sometimes it's two layers, usually just one. And if you're like a real fighter and someone's gonna kill you, it's zero. But like, you know, socially, it's like one or two layers of how do I really survive, right? And make myself feel better by playing the game He's creating the game in in these writings. Like this is this is what creates the game. Well, no, he's outlining what he sees and what he thinks might be true. He's not creating anything. I'm sure. No, I don't. I, sorry, he not intentionally, you know, being manipulative. But those writings are gospel. Um. So. So they define a somewhat of a moral construct that that like you don't like models that introduce the fact that there might be meaning in the world and that's what his last paragraph did it was no like, but i've seen those models is the point yeah and you disagree with them because they say andy there might be something out there that you're missing out on i don't like the suggestion that i'm rejecting positivity for the sake of negativity i didn't say that here's this gets thrown around so much occam's razor right what like, is why, 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 define, why should it why, define why, Occam's why? razors for, for our audience, please? Uh, Occam's razor is the idea that if there are multiple rationales or like uh, explanations of something available, it's most likely the simplest one. 
So you're saying that the simplest explanation for reality is that it's all arbitrary and, and nihilistic and there is no God and there is no meaning and it's just all random and it's all a big Rick and Morty cartoon. That's a, that's a very flowery way of putting it. Um, yes. Well, but generally speaking, yeah. And But here's, here's a better way to phrase it. Mm-hmm. Look at everything else that surrounds humanity. Mm-hmm. Everything else. I, I don't mean to accuse anyone specifically of, of their own ego. Uh-huh. I'm very egotistical. You know, I, I, I indulge in the most human things. I'm like a pop culture maven, et cetera. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, like, yeah, like, what do you, what do you, what, what is, what is it? What do you have? I'm sorry. What do we have? What is there? There's fucking nothing. There's, there's nothing. I think what's interesting is I think you've, you've based so many of your philosophies and your life choices around this model that I think you find passages like the one I just read you from Jung to be kind of threatening to you. Because if you had to accept even a modicum of what he has to say, that would take down your whole house of cards. No. I listened to that very closely. Uh-huh. That just like the flowery defense of humanity. I'm not. That's like, not an argument. I don't feel like I'm That's in between. Just saying something is flowery is no, not an was, argument. No, but sorry. Wh- sorry. Do you feel like that's like a breakthrough thing that he's saying? Um, yeah. I don't is. want to be combative. Um, I just I sure. didn't get anything from it because I don't believe in the supremacy of humanity beyond. He's not talking about the supremacy of humanity. He's talking about the evolution of consciousness, which is not the supremacy of humanity per se. It's about the fact that there is a certain spark and directionality to consciousness and that if that's the case then there must be meaning in the world this you're the one who's inserting the idea maybe i'm too woke actually maybe you're this just is putting like, too much hierarchy into this shit man no no that's a fucking humanistic take for sure well that's how you're defining it i look at okay. an individual passage that makes a very compelling point about for what well for one thing the one point is that he's not sure that's he's, he's right good okay. thank god okay he makes a compelling argument for your rick and morty universe which is fine I don't, don't, hold on I, i'm not done and what he's saying is that if you consider consciousness and the evolution of consciousness one one cannot help but wonder if there is some agency or some movement in it that's independent of all that chaos like god maybe fuck that but he's not sure i'm sure how are you sure because god is a humanistic construct are you sure? Yes. Doesn't make it wrong. It makes it goofy. Yes. It's goofy. I, I agree. It's goofy. Then I love your agency. <laughs> but, you know, these historical philosophers, writers who, yeah, no, fair to defend them and not being fully religious, but like, how do I say it delicately? Good God, man. Let me ask you this. If Jung were onto something and if the flowery humanistic if you're uh, on to god basically sure that's not necessarily what he's saying he's <sighs> you're thinking very in very black and white terms he's saying he I loves want, to keep it open-ended great well, what that's the f- that, cool. that's your couching of his philosophies which is stupid of you he is saying i wonder if there's something more than just no. this chaos which doesn't mean he's saying i wonder if there's god you can interpret it that way if you want to I am, he's, he's I am saying he's atheist, saying I, feel, I am not agnostic okay and, i don't give a fuck what his philosophy is which is he's saying i'm not sure what's going on here but i think <clears> it's more than just chaos and because you have a problem with god theistic it's theistic because you don't like it. No. Listen, sorry. Jung, listen, listen to me now. Jung did not differentiate between the unconscious and the realm of God or the great mystery. For him, it was all one and the same. He saw things in a way that was incredibly deep and incredibly 
nuanced. And he didn't think about God in terms of a higher consciousness that sits up somewhere in a fucking chair and says, I'm God and thou shalt blah, 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 right, blah. Right, right, I know. He, I know. He was talking about the great mystery. He was talking about the fact that, that, that there seems to be something more than just these meat packets that we're walking around in. Yeah, and that's wrong. Okay, and and how do you know that? I don't know for sure, but like, I just let me ask you this: call me a believer. Okay, you can call me a believer. You're in, you're, in, you're, in, you're a staunch atheist, and I respect that. Yeah. So what I'm what I'm asking you is, what would it mean if there were? I'm not going to say God because God is a boring word. If there were more to life than just you know the Rick and Morty show, what would it mean? What would it mean? If there I were might meaning? make different choices. Like, what kind of choices would you make? I don't know. You show me, show me a future. I don't know. Would you stop drinking so fucking much? Yeah, maybe. Oh, interesting. Yeah, is that, is that's that what, what people do to themselves. That's what people go. So is that why, mean? like, when you we cannot, were, you, you don't separate so, these things. So when we were walking down the street, you don't today. separate born again Christians. Who there's millions, mm-hmm. probably in the hundreds of thousands in any given moment, mm-hmm. who are straight up born again christian yeah or 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 hindu yeah. or buddhist it's like a, a reason to stop drinking. they take it to us to an extreme i get that so what i'm saying to you is Whoa, like, listen they take to me. it to a stop to interrupting a... me we were walking down the street today you'd had a couple drinks because that's who you are it's a saturday some guy almost gets hit by a vehicle guy was driving like an asshole he's driving like an asshole yeah. and the guy on the bike yelled at the the car and you turned around he didn't and yell enough he didn't and you turned around and it's like i'm just gonna yell more yeah what did you say to this person you were yelling uh, yeah i yelled i yelled a handful of things uh that you tried to stop me i was like you're a horrible driver as loudly as, as loudly as you could it was so much and fun. i was like i love that. i wanted to body slam you i didn't see and, here's the thing why did you want to body slam um it's embarrassing frankly <laughs> okay and why is it embarrassing because it's uncomfortable people are looking and at me why is it uncomfortable because people are looking at me and they're looking at why you why are they looking well why do you feel like them looking at you is a negative thing i, I because i don't want to be the center of attention is i don't want i don't like my friend is yelling and screaming and hollering and i just like i feel like oh god but, hold on just, hold on wanna... sometimes you do want to be sometimes we all want to be the center of attention it, but it's the center of attention in a negative way why would it be a negative center of attention i can't really answer that um why because you are being you are acting in a bad fashion culturally yeah disagreeable yeah 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 culturally disagreeable so right what's your point just acknowledge that okay so just culturally disagreeable i i don't i don't disagree i think there's a little bit more to it i think that there is something i think that sometimes things are culture disagreeable. and i enjoyed it but, and, and i, I enjoy, also I enjoy yelling you do especially so. when you're drunk see the thing is where you and i differ because i think that sometimes cultural attributes are actually based on deeper indelible archetypal truths which have meaning like i think that a lot of the times the culture actually arrives at places that are indelible like to the nice form, people yeah that are indelible to the human psyche which are connected to something really really deep that are not just cultural you know ah. and so i guess what i'm wondering is if you thought like i do and thought that there was actually this bedrock of archetypal um this mantle of archetypal goop down there that everything was connected to hold on and we were walking down the street. Would you have yelled as loudly as you did, or would you have said, "I'm, I, I'm not going to do this disruptive thing"? If I, if I was, if I was sort of bedrock acknowledging that you had a connection to like a deeper like love for the way that, that humanity was, has been playing out, not me particularly, but that there was that that what you people were, care that so there much. was something that you were doing, even though that driver probably deserved it a little bit, that there was something that you were doing that was inherently wrong. Because I think that if you acknowledge that there's meaning in the world, I think one can acknowledge that yelling and yelling and yelling at somebody in the street like that is inherently wrong 
that it's morally wrong at its core. And I can't really define Wait, sorry, why. Are you saying that? Yeah. Oh, I totally disagree. I know. And so what I'm saying <laughs> what? is, I, I know that. So what I'm, what I'm saying is it's like I, performance art, dude. I, I like, get that. It's but, like fucking but, yelling. So I, right. So what I'm, what I'm asking you is not everyone's going to do it. Listen, shithead. I, what I'm asking is, is do you think that our difference of opinion in that around those around that issue is because I believe there's meaning in the world and you believe there is not. Yeah. To some degree, actually. Okay. I almost feel like, you know, by bringing up and look, I'm not a student of young. I'm not a student of um, any of the greats. But you did bring up Young as a sort of like Young, trying to stake out a position way. here. And to me, that it just feels like you're staking some ground in tradition. Well, you think more that, so than ever? <clears throat> no, I'm just being more upfront about what I have always believed. And I'm just being very authentic with you about where I'm coming from because we're doing a podcast. This is the thing. And just to bring it all the way back to the friendship piece. As I think part of the reason I enjoy you so much is because you are sort of untethered from the world of meaning. And you're just kind of a free soul. Like you will shout, even though it kind of embarrasses the shit out of me when you shout at people in public when you're drunk. Well, I didn't. I didn't mean to. You, you do it a lot. Go out of my way to embarrass you. you I know that. I, I know that you're not doing that. I know that you're not. It's not an unconscious agenda thing. You're not yep. trying to be weird or power trip or anything. You're just doing it because you're, you're like a balloon that's just been cut free of the thing, and you're just sort of bobbing around in the hurricane. Like you're out there, man. Okay. You're out of your mind. And All there's right. something about that that I find incredibly comforting and refreshing because I don't have to worry about your feelings. I don't have to worry about, like, if I say something that you don't like, you're going to say, that's bullshit. And then we'll move on. And it, it, like, you're not going to take it personally because for you, nothing really has meaning. And so nothing really carries that much weight. And the, this is the funny thing is, is, even though I vehemently disagree with everything you say about that, the best proof I've ever come across that there is no meaning of the world is the fact that I like you so much because you embody that so well. And I am so psychically at ease around you because nothing fucking matters when I'm around you. It's like, none of this matters, Ben, and you don't matter, and I don't matter, and the dog doesn't matter, and that car that almost plowed through that cyclist actually doesn't really matter. I'm just screaming because I, this is all a big clown town, and we're just <laughs> going to go at it here. And so I, I, I'm just saying that there's something very refreshing about you, so that even as you argue with me, your, your presence in my life is the most convincing argument I've ever seen for atheism. It's incredible. And nihilism. It's just amazing to me. Maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree. Maybe I should write, you know, write a little thing about, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe if we were both nihilists, do you think if we were both nihilists, we wouldn't get along? Yeah, maybe actually, because then it would be a question of, well, I don't like identify with a nihilist camp or, you know, any mm -hmm. thought leaders in nihilism, but maybe if we both were, we'd be just on the wrong side of whatever the fuck it was. Mm -hmm. I generally um, don't go advocating for the idea of nihilism. Emotional gravity is there for me right it's just it's the humanism well we, we, we don't have to beat that horse anymore no. I, I just wanted to make that point and i wanted to sort of draw you out a little bit beat you up a little bit yeah and then concede your point in kind of a very different way you, you've led a horse hey, to water but now, here's another now I'm drinking here's another point well you're drinking vodka but here's another point <laughs> um the, the humanistic perspective you talk about the irony here is that your humanness is the thing that is the most convincing aspect of your argument yeah I the know, fact that I you know. exist and mm -hmm. i love you to pieces i'll simplify it for you okay. i'll give you an easier picture mm. i'm selfish yeah in a simple way i'm selfish which is human but i'm like openly selfish yes I i'm selfish Yes, um, you've said that. Which is times. where people say, "Oh, but you mean you mean if you don't want to look bad, you say self-interest." You've heard that 
Self-interest versus selfish. I've not heard that. But it's just a sense. fucking mixing of words. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm selfish. I love human things. I love all yeah. these things. Basically, just be selfish. And one another thing that that you can move that table closer if you want. I actually have to pee. Go ahead. Pause. Well, no, let me say one more thing. One of the things I like about you so much is that, like, I call you and you don't pick the phone. Like, you were gone for a month and you just disappear for a while. I have guilt. Well, you don't have to because I don't take it personally at all because I know that it's not about me. It's about the fact that you're fucking off somewhere in Delaware or Florida. You go to weird places. You go to weird places. You're doing weird things. You're going to go back and you're going to tell me the whole thing. And we're going to hang on on a Saturday and we're going to drink some some stuff. And I'm not going to do any drugs, but maybe you will. And come back to my place and do a podcast and pet the dog and play with some balloons or whatever. Like, like I know that's coming. Who's that? Like, I know. I know I'll ask what, about the balloons later. I'm just, I, the balloons, it's just a, it's a thing I'm doing. Go with it. I'm going with it. And, and like, I'm guaranteed to not lose you. And I'm guaranteed to not be disrespected by you. And I'm guaranteed that you're never going to say, well, fuck Ben. I don't care about him. You're always going to circle back because I know you're out there fucking off because you can't help yourself. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a very kind thing to say. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, go to the bathroom. Uh, ben never pees. For our listeners, Ben no longer has a bladder. He he's post bladder. <laughs> oh God, you're weird. So, um, so I, I so, just yeah. You know, What'd you do? Well, I just came back um, from, from the bathroom. From the bathroom. Okay, how was that? Well, it's an. How was the trip across the hall? Down? Did you did you have an adventure? Going to the bathroom here? Yeah. Um. It was it was pretty good. Okay, okay. Um, it was like going to uh, a mid range bathroom. Okay, <laughs> um, and you managed, I see, to pour yourself a drink there. I did. You made yourself a drink with my moon juice, my moon, my moon sugar, which is this Lakanto fake. Uh, what is it? Moon? No, it's made. Fr- it's made from moon fruit. Moon fruit, monk fruit. We call it moon monk fruit. fruit. Monk oh, fruit. Oh yeah, yeah. That's but we right. call it moon fruit because moon fruit is more poetic and more humanistic than. It's very yeah. Yeah, it's and good. you make you make that moon juice. Yeah, I do. Make that straight up moon juice. So moon juice is when yeah. we when we blend ice, alcohol, and lemon. Yeah, uh, together. Am but, I a bad person for enabling you? I really don't think so. Why? Why is that? Because I feel kind of like hypocritical that I'm, you know, I do substance abuse and you know I have you over and I say, hey, you should really stop drinking, and yet you make yourself a drink in my kitchen on the way that I mean, you know, walking in curvy lines to my bathroom. Or is that is that okay that I'm doing that? I am think I it's am funny. I bad I, man? <clears throat> I, there's like obviously professionally. I don't, yeah, sure. I guess like you have, you have like a, something you're supposed to do professionally that this is uh, the way to get people to change. That's just what you do. That's just what I do. Okay. So we've discussed meaning. We've discussed your rampant drinking, which does the fact that I love you to pieces for no damn good reason. So you went to the zoo last week. I was like, a, yeah, with your parents a couple months ago, a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. What was that like for you to see all those animals in those cages with your perspective on the world? Do you care about them? yeah you yeah. do what, what yeah. do you think of the animals that are in the cages um there's a pang of well you you look for you look at them and you look for whether they seem like distressed right and actually they don't really seem that distressed they seem fine yeah. they seem fine and yeah the mo- the monkeys the, the the great apes yeah they're the worst why yeah. They have the probably the strongest realization mm-hmm. of their containment. It's weird when they look at you to have a, a different species of animal looking at you and saying, hi there, yeah, I see you too. 
But I would say it, it does come down. The most powerful part is uh, at your suggestion. When you think about like their containment versus yours, have you been to the the zoo in a while? No, I want to go. I, I heard this story once about a guy who met his wife at the zoo because he he decided to go to some public place and walk up to every woman he saw that he found attractive and introduced at the zoo. At the zoo, I believe, and he met his wife in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> his future wife. What uh? What exhibit? <laughs> I don't know. I, I always pray, I always picture him by the flamingos for some reason. That's see, that's poetic. Yeah, I don't know. How was your trip? You went away for a month. Where'd you go? What'd you do? What'd you see? So I uh, spent some time in Florida, the west coast of Florida. Why would you do such a thing? Well, that's where my family found themselves. They have staked out a place in a place where um, so the people that you find generally on the west coast of Florida are are very. Uh, Man, they're 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 the most aggressive Midwesterners and can- Canadians. Can you give me an example of their behavior? A story? Yeah, tell yeah, me I a can, story. Actually, a man pulled up in a Bentley coupe, which you know, like in most cities in most parts of the country, it's uh-huh. like, oh my god, that's rare. This is literally the land of where I probably even more than Miami, where all the old people like buy these like crazy expensive cars and it's like they're not like rock stars they're not ballers it's just literally they spend all their like retirement money on these things and this guy gets out of his bentley coupe and he's like where do i where do i park this <laughs> he was just deriding the people at the restaurant there was no valet <laughs> there was no sign for a valet yeah he just like totally fucking hey do this for me and like yeah i couldn't tell you where he's from I could guess Michigan or Toronto. Why Michigan or Toronto? Accent in the license. So you're saying that like Both. Florida draws all the shitheads from various areas mm. to its center. It's They're not of- all shitheads. Okay, well, you went there and you're not a shithead. At least, well, actually, you kind of are a shithead. But your family isn't a shithead. Your mom and dad aren't shitheads. Oh, you'd be. You know, they're actually kind of more shitheads than me. Well, I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. That's good. Since they're not here, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. So I did that, was in Florida to, to, you know, round it off. I had the first Christmas in the southern part of the United States that I've ever had. Okay. What was that like? It's like um, the pine tree is just getting, barely getting by. (laughs) You have to feed it extra water. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I was like, where did this pine tree come from? They're like, funny story. It was right next to the train tracks where they unloaded the pine trees from the train. Ah, on a lot next to the train tracks. Okay, there. That's that's. And right. I thought that was very cool. But that's like so that they shipped pine trees in from. Well, of course, right? They don't grow yeah, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't grow. And where do you think we get our palm trees in San Francisco? They probably went. They probably came from like North Carolina or something. Some, yeah. And and then you you how long were you in Florida for? I was in Florida for three weeks. And you went to Delaware. Went to Delaware with uh, my my lovely girlfriend, and it was her grandmother's. 100th birthday oh my in rehoboth beach delaware oh my we spent five days there we got a place to stay just away from the classic beach house cabin that she's been living in and packing with knickknacks since like 1930 after five days everyone was like okay we're good i took off the woman died a couple days after we both came back it was very powerful i think for her and for all of them in the family to have been there right there first time that i've ever heard 
someone talk about seeing the death in someone's eyes and then being like, no, you're good. And then leaving. And then they did. So what I did separately. <laughs> good. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. There's an old lady. She died. So I'll tell a story. Uh, while you were away, you FaceTimed me and I was walking down the street with you and I, I switched it up so you could see what I was seeing. Right. And you were like making comments about the, what I was passing in the street. Do you remember that? Yes. And you made this one comment. I don't know if this is going to translate to a podcast. We passed a, it was some kind of car. It was a, I think it was an Audi or something like that. Yeah. Like there's an Audi 360 and <laughs> you know, like, like the Audi 360 people, they're going to come, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to see you and they're going to like come and <laughs> they're going to come and beat you up. And they're going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah this, is, this, is, this is the person we were looking for. This Give is, me more details. I, this I felt is, this inspired. Is, this is yeah. what we wanted. Like this is the guy. <laughs> Like what? Like Audi three hundred and sixty so, people? So Who I are could, these people? So, so okay. So this, um, I, you know, this is an interesting. It's almost a plug, really. Uh huh. Um, this is for this is a plug for Jalopnik. What it's is a, that? It's a wonderfully written, staffed, okay, online car magazine. What about it? Uh, they they made me who I am. <laughs> when they, it comes to cars, what does this have to do? They with? made me who I am. Okay, and th- th- that's how you know about Audi people. Uh, yeah, that's how I know probably like the details of the joke that I made and the and the aggression that I had and <laughs> how I tried to make it funny for you. We, that's that's what you know. In, in a broader sense, I've found a lot of humor and, and enjoyment in these like subcultures. But so Ben, yeah, earlier today you sent me it was a video and it was part of a a, a channel I guess that is sort of exposing fake martial arts teachers yes in various it's ways called mcdojo life uh-huh. on tiktok it's like a bunch of fake martial artists who they're hosting a class and somebody tries to attack them and the person like before they can attack them just passes out it's pretty funny is that is that so that, that was that was the video that i saw is yeah. that like a consistent thing that people do well videos that they make and and if so what what is their what are they trying on? to portray well Here's the thing. So this all started, to my knowledge, about 15 years ago when I started jiu-jitsu. I remember there was this video going, going around of somebody called like a Kai master or something like that. It was like K apostrophe AI or some crap. Uh-huh. Hawaiian shit. These videos of him, of, of this old man, very Kung Fu looking and very graceful. and, and Very Kung Fu And then his students, his students would come up and attack them and he would sort of wave his hands in the air and they would suddenly start gyrating and they'd fall to the ground and nobody could touch him. Right. Like like such the master yeah, like that the Gandalf of martial arts. Yeah, right. right. And That's the okay. Yeah, and so he really was convinced that he could do this thing. What's probably happening is it some sort of weird. You think it's like a personal delusion of the whole class? Yeah, like the, everybody gets in on it. Like the, it's like it's like a hypnotic. The the, the 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 actual leader of the class is like personally deluded, and the like, leader of the class is deluded, and the students are deluded into believing that he can do this thing. Well, yeah. Right. And so they come up to but him it, and they pass out. I mean, just the suggestion that, you know, somebody can can wave uh, their hand in the air and make somebody pass out is preposterous. And the fact that you can kind of like convince yourself but convince others that you can do this is really says something about, you know, mass hysteria. Anyway, so does. he he challenged any MMA fighter to a fight and said, all $5,000. What? Yeah. And so the day of the fight comes and this mid-level martial MMA fighter just clobbers this poor old man and he gets hit in the face and it's just like he looks so stunned like he's never been hit in his life 
I'm like, what is happening to me? Okay, so this is a question of, and there's a lot of this in our society right now about mutual delusion. Yeah. How much do people believe in like the bullshit they're selling? Was this one of those? Kind of. I can't, I, it's just the mass hysteria. I don't know what it is, but it, it's, but there's lots of videos going around on the internet of dojos where these kung fu masters or whatever they are do a form of this where the student will attack them or approach them and they'll do this they'll wave their hands in the air and the person will suddenly do a jumping jack and fall down and pass out it's pervasive and there's hundreds of videos like this hundreds of them with hundreds of different people i feel like if that's the case it's not somebody you know truly deluded there you mean you think that they are actually scamming it's either, it's either they're like going for the meme going for a meme no it's they real i know it's a meme no no it's real it's the the, the kai master got his ass but, the, but then sorry they're trying to say that they are like telekinetic yeah like, what? or that they're using their their kai or their chi or their whatever the fuck yeah right yeah Get it's a thing it's out. a thing man how would our, you like to our, great, our great leader took off his headphones how well i i just didn't want to wear them anymore so how would you change the world if you could i wouldn't much because i think I would just do the same thing that we're doing so far. And this, like, so basically, if I was like world president, uh -huh. I'd basically just like take all the recommendations from the separate presidents. <laughs> Seriously. So tell me something. If dragons were real, <laughs> okay, and they weren't terribly dangerous, would you want to own one? If they were dumb, like dogs, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Why? Uh, Why you, you don't want to because it's because it's a. It's a feeling of control and a sadness that you bring okay. to another animal. Would you like a large dumb dragon or a small dumb dragon? Uh, if I had like, if I lived, if I was like Ted Turner, mm -hmm. I'd have the largest fucking dragon. Okay. Out in Montana. What would you do with it? Definitely ride it. You'd ride the dragon? Okay. Yeah. Where would you go? I'd ride to NBC headquarters and be like, I just burned down your main transmitter. <laughs> what now? That's awesome. In all the major markets. Okay. Okay. Within, within 24 hours. All right. <laughs> You'd be like Game of Game of Thrones it. Try to send the F-16s. But if your dragon's dumb, it would have a hard time managing F-16s. No, I'd be riding it. Would it be faster than no, that? I would say, no, it wouldn't be. This, but I, I, basically the dragon, because you know how they can fold their wings? Yeah. I can make it they can them. fit inside a, a uh, shipping container. Ah. And... Like on smuggle, the smuggle i would smuggle myself with my basically best man dragon yeah i would have mad dragons yeah like a bunch <laughs> but i have one that is like the fucking killer yeah and i would smuggle it on an intercoastal intracoastal train shipping for sure unit yeah inside of a shipping container okay. and i would bust right back out right and just take out another transmitter in another major metro area let's see instead of writing nbc instead of, abc cbs instead of fuck yourself instead of, <laughs> instead of i would ted turner the shit out of the whole deal okay i i get it and then i'll go back to my ranch and the whole feds would be surrounding the ranch i'd be like this is private land bitch yeah would your dragon be able to take out the feds as well that was what the other like 10 dragons would be for okay and then they'd be like, do we nuke this? Do, do we, do, do we nuke, pri do, do we think, nuke do, American soil at this point? Do you nuke American dragons? They would be, yeah, they'd be like, we've never, like, they'd be like. What do you think nuclear bombs do to dragons? They would kill them. You think so? Yes. Dragons, dragons yeah, are. Uh, they're not indestructible. Is that, has there ever been a thing about dragons where they're like, 
where they are in the struggle. They're not in the struggle. They're fucking animals. Well, it depends on the dragon. Are there like legends of dragons? Well, or like well, we can, versions where they're we like, can more or less like create one invincible. Or well, something? It, it depends on the scenario. No, no, no. I, mean, I like. Well, I like for the, instance, like cartoon dragons can be a lot more uh, intense than than live action dragons. Can so, I just say something right now, hmm. which I think addresses what you might be suggesting? Yeah. Uh, fuck Japan. Japan. Japan's a nice place. Why do why fuck Japan? Oh my god the joke is japan is the number one place where they dragons are not just dragons and it's dragons are are supernatural uh-huh. and all everyone's supernatural etc right. etc that, that was that was uh, <laughs> you know those those little creatures they call them little something bears they're really small something bears koala uh, bears no they're microscopic i think they're called water bears yeah the uh, tardigrades have you, okay. seen, have you seen tardigrades? Oh, they look like little. Yeah, they're mini. They're mini, like look tiny yeah, little yeah, yeah, elephants, yeah, 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 yeah. and they can they're, live in yeah, space. Yeah, 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 yeah. What is your opinion on them, and how will they be useful for mankind? Well, if you ever have had a meal and uh-huh. you're trying to convince yourself that you're done, yeah, but you're not really done, yeah, you have a fleet of tardigrades, and you release them slowly but gently onto the table. Uh huh. And when you release, like. A, a swarm of microscopic things like that mm-hmm. it has the appearance of a sort of amber cascade from a small pouch that you <laughs> may have on your wrist okay and what they do is they like eat the rest of your steak uh-huh but these are like different ones they're they're biologically engineered and they eat that for you really quickly okay and then you get to go home and you get to be like, I ate my steak. So this is a problem for people who are skinny and don't love food the way I do. Right. Because I wouldn't need this tardigrade. You got to use this tardigrade. Well, you wouldn't need it in the Middle East because you're not supposed to eat all the food on your plate. You know? No, you're not supposed to have uh, bioengineering in the Middle East. Is that a rule? <laughs> I don't think that's a rule, Andy. <laughs> I think you're fibbing. <laughs> what do you think about the Millennium Tower in downtown San Francisco that's, that's sinking? They tried to fix it it was tilting and they fucked it up even more so now it's tilting three inches a year really yeah and get this this is the funny part they're still selling units for 1.2 1.3 up to 1.7 million dollars people are buying them and get this the hoa is 2400 dollars a month on top of your cost yeah. yeah yeah well that's why it's cheaper though cheaper than what that's where the purchase price is cheaper it all it's a you call 1.2 million dollars for a condo and a tower that's doomed. don't Throw it's out cheap? absolute numbers with somebody who knows economics, dude. I'm saying that's what they're selling for. Uh-huh. So what? what, what and I'm it? telling you that throwing out absolute numbers, especially when you already know there's this and there's this, and then you're saying, but it's the absolute $1.2 million. Is a lot of money for a- For an apartment? For a, for a condo that's doomed. Yes, that's a lot of money. I would not- It's not doomed. Like, that's actually the key. It's not doomed. The day that it's doomed, it'll go down. For sure. The day that it is doomed, the day that they're like, oh, this is beyond bear, uh-huh. it will be immediately worth very little. But uh-huh. the faith is there. And I don't know what it is that I don't they even might know. have fucked up. I don't like, understand what you're saying. What would it be like? You if, know, right. If, that's why, like, like that's, I guess that's literally why I'm going to come out fucking on top and everyone else is going to be like, I don't know. Do you think dogs are psychic? No. Okay. What is your opinion about old books that nobody reads? Should we keep them around or should we burn them? Keep them around for texture. 
I do actually up there on my thing. I got a few whole stack of books for texture. Remove the jackets? Yeah. If you had a time machine and you could go back in time and you knew where Mike Lindell's parents were going to meet for the first time and go on a date and you could do something to disrupt the date so that he was never born, would you do it? I wouldn't. Why not? I actually, I love that the world has Mike Lindell in it. (laughs) Why is that? Because Mike Lindell is an entertaining guy. That's a very nihilistic perspective. <laughs> nihilistic? Kind of. He's fucking entertaining. Yeah, and he's damaging people's minds, and he's causing harm to the world with his bad philosophies. No, Andy. You know what has caused problem in the world? Huh? Is people are fucking ignorant, and they don't read, and they don't think for themselves. Uh, yeah, his shit is so stupid, and he's fucking retarded. Yeah. He's fucking retarded. Have you ever tried to climb Sutro Tower, and would you if you had the opportunity? Well, I have the opportunity every day. Okay, and why don't you? Is that a true question? It's not. Why? Because, yeah, well, actually, I'm I'm a climber. But I don't because I don't think that, well, I, you get arrested. I would fucking do it in a second, but mm-hmm. you get arrested because they have cameras all over it. Are you hungry? Definitely going to be hungry. Okay, Hold I can on. definitely make you some food. So thank you for coming in. I appreciate all the conversation. And I think I've made a case for why we are friends. I understand that that's it's my thesis is not entire might not be entirely clear but I think my point is is that I don't know what my point is I think my diving point is, into friendship diving into friendship do either of us have a thesis I don't know yeah um, I don't know I love you Ben I um you too. I think like your 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 directness and just fearlessness mm-hmm. and that's something that gets thrown around a lot mm-hmm. is like fearlessness but truly. Like fearlessness in the face of um, a lot of cultural claptrap. That's friendship for me. Okay. Yeah. You know, I th- you know, the, being topical, agreeing, disagreeing, the ability to either really agree or like civilly disagree. Yeah. That's friendship. Yeah. Because we fight like cats and dogs, you know, but we don't ever get mad about it. We just, yeah. we just argue yeah. and, and fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Okay, let's eat. Yeah. And and I and I would all I would even say we're doing cats and dogs friendship before this modern YouTube cat O O M G cat loves dog, <laughs> you know. Well, you, before that. Yeah, in a way, in the sense that in the sense that we're not doing something high tech. Right, it's low tech. It's it's pretty low tech. It's a low tech friendship. It's almost it's an analog friendship. It's super analog. <laughs> like and, we actually do things together. <laughs> I mean, your your hatred for like all of the various backgrounds that I have in the deep digging, it, it'll never go anywhere for me. I mean, <laughs> in what sense? It'll never go away. That I'll, I'll never stop giving you shit, is what you're saying? <laughs> like ever? Well, I'll never tell you how wrong you my, are. My love for you will never go away, but uh, yeah, probably, I'm sure, I'm sure both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate it. And I uh, don't know how much of this I'm going to keep, but um, I'm going to keep enough of it to make the point that there is just something totally wonderfully charming and infectious about you that I wanted to share with the world. It is this sort of charming, ineffable quality that I look for in fellow human beings that draws me towards them. I have a good friend, Felix, who's also a bit like you. He's a mad hatter. It's like the mad hatter from Alice in Wonderland with the, you know, it's time for tea. Like he's <laughs> he's out of his mind, but he's glorious and wonderful and everybody loves him and he's harmless, basically. A true mad hatter. Yeah, you are mostly harmless. <laughs> and those that I'm drawn to those types of people because they, I think they free me up. 
honestly. They let me be me in any situation, and I don't have to be anything. Well, you you might otherwise be beholden to culture. Yeah. And think that, oh, things have meaning, and this matters. The yeah. same things do, to various degrees. Yeah. I guess they do and they don't. It's all very confusing now. We've had this long conversation. Well, um, sir, uh, I appreciate your time. And I'm going to make you some dinner. And um, and, uh, look at that dog. Dog likes my couch. (laughs) Does. That is a a, a cute dog. Oh, my goodness. Look at his little nose. All right, man. Well, take care. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. Yep. So how was that for you? Not everyone has the same passions as my friend. But I guess what I want to ask is, are you sold on the idea of authenticity? Did your definition change? I guess the real question is, when is it appropriate to be truly authentic? When we're pouring our heart out to someone we love? When we feel the need to finally speak our truth? I guess that's up to you. I want to thank my friend for coming, for doing his thing, and holding himself bare to the world even if we cut out his name and disguise his voice and possibly flew him out of the country. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more.